you know, what a great story. And I want to tell you, we're hearing those kind of stories over and over at different campuses and many people online that are experiencing victory in the middle of their struggles. And that's one thing we want you to get today, especially on Easter weekend. Hey, you're not going to be perfect, okay? There was only one person that was perfect, and he died for you. And he wants to give you hope, not perfection. And so when you came in today, if you were saying to people, if I go to church, the roof will cave in, the roof is fine, because we're here for sinners who want to be saved. And I want you to know that's happening this weekend. We already had several people that said, hey, I want to know Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to repent of my sins. Uh, I want to follow him because you understand that the only way you're going to have victory in your life is if Jesus Christ is with you. And so it's real simple, and my job this weekend is simple. I'm simply telling you that, hey, you want to work in your own strength and do it your own way, then, yeah, that's your choice. But if you want life and hope and love and compassion and healing, then I would choose Jesus. That's what happened to me, and that can happen to you today. Uh, Easter is a big deal. You know that if you went to Walmart this weekend. Uh, I walked into Walmart like this uh, because it was so crazy. I mean, the guy had a monkey, you know, somebody else had like a goat. And I mean, only in Mississippi. And, and it's crazy how the world loves Easter and over 2 billion people will go to church this weekend. But most don't understand that it is the hinge point of history. That when you like, like sign a check and you say 2023, you were saying with the rest of the world, Jesus Christ lived. Jesus Christ was born. I mean, think about that. And if he hadn't risen from the dead, nobody would remember it. But the reality is Jesus Christ came back from the tomb. He was dead and he's alive. All the other religious leaders that you know about, and I'm not you know, criticizing other religions, but their leaders are still in the tomb. By, by now, they're dust. But our Savior, our leader, our Lord, after being beaten half to death and hung on a cross and thrown in a tomb, he walked out on Sunday. And that is the victory that you can walk in. You say, is that all the time? Yeah, yeah, I, I'll get, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm going to tell you, I have heard this music with Taurus and our whole team three or four different times now, and I'm back there skipping. I wanted so bad to skip across the stage over the last song, but I thought it'd be weird. So, uh, but, but it's just exciting to know that even though you look around at our world, when our children are getting shot in a Christian school, when there's so much going on in our world and you're thinking, oh my goodness, we're losing. No, no, we can't lose. Because it may be Friday, but you know what? Sunday's coming. Thank you, sir. I needed that. And so that's what we're going to talk about today as we roll into Easter. And I want you to get just a little bit that I've written down. This is not inspired. This is from me to kind of give you kind of a, a point, a hinge point to think about what Easter means. Easter means that God gave his son, born of a virgin who lived a sinless life, who went to the cross and died a substitutionary death to pay the penalty for your sins and mine. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead and declared victory over sin, death, and shame. 
That's what Easter is. I'm not against Easter baskets. We've got grandkids. We have spent thousands of dollars on candy. This afternoon, we will watch them literally come out of their skin. But the reality is, Easter is about Jesus. It's about the fact that he really lived. Historians say he really did live. He really did die. And 500 plus people saw him after he rose from the dead. This is not just kind of like, like this story, this fable. This really happened. And even though I'm not perfect and none of you are perfect, if you follow Jesus, you've bet your whole life on him. You were saying, though, even though I have sinned, I have confessed my sins, and I have turned and repented from my sins, and I'm following Jesus. You say, will you ever sin again? Yeah. Yeah, you sin again. And you know what you do? You confess those. You confess them to other people, and you kind of get back on track, and you keep following him. You say, why? Because God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might be the righteousness of God. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't know about you, but I want that. Because it's an exchange life. I am a sinner. I am a filthy person. You, you leave me by myself, I'm going to get in trouble. Without Jesus, I'd be in parchment. Now, I'd probably, you know, be a good guy in parchment and could make some money, but I'd be in parchment, and, and I needed a Savior to save me from my sins. And only Jesus can do that. I love Sports Illustrated. Even Sports Illustrated gets it. Uh, they had this, 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 uh, this article on the, the greatest comebacks of all time, and I loved it because I love comebacks, and I've rooted for San Diego all during March Madness because, man, they were gritty, and they'd come back from 15 down and 17 down, and he went through all these comebacks through history, and the number one comeback in history was when Jesus Christ was beaten and hung on a cross, and after three days, he made a comeback. And friends, he's still here. He's with you. A few uh, weeks ago, my son and I were on a mission trip. We went to Steamboat Springs. And uh, Steamboat Springs is a ski resort, and he wanted to go skiing. I don't really, I'm not into skiing anymore because I could die. And so, but he wanted to go, and hey, Dad, this would be a father-son time. We could hang out together. It will be great, like old times. I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm 100. You know, and, and, and so, of course, he gets me up there, and I'm saying, look, I just want to do some slopes where I can enjoy them. Oh, come on, Dad, follow me. He takes me down a double black diamond. You know, it's called like Satan's armpit. And so I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to like, just like this, trying not to die. And we finally got down the hill, and, man, it was ugly. And, I, I mean, I just barely survived it. I, 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 I know I'm for sure saved now because I said, God, if you'll ever get me down from here, if you, I will never do this again. And so I was hungry and tired and cold. It was one degree. It was one degree, and he wanted to go skiing some more. And so I said, let's go, let's go, you know, let's go to the restaurant. There's several of these restaurants up in, up in the mountain where they can fleece you all your money because it's so expensive. They know you can't go anywhere else. And so I said, let's go over there. He says, well, Dad, there are people like just stacked up at that restaurant. Let's go over to that little igloo little thing, that little plastic thing, because nobody's over there. And I said, okay, well, let's go. I got to sit down somewhere. And so we go in, and they open up this tent, and in the middle of the tent is like a bar. And everybody in there is high and drunk. 
But I was so tired, I didn't care. I said, Let, let's, let's go, son, let's go in there. I got to sit down somewhere. And there was one pub table where there was two chairs open and there was a lady sitting in the middle. And he said, dad, let's sit there. I said, we don't need to sit there. That's a, there's a lady over there. I just don't feel like that's right. He said, dad, I'm with you. Come on. So we went and sat down and we're sitting there. And of course, they're taking shots at the bar. I mean, there was a mission trip. It was a mission trip, Okay. And so we sit down, and, and like, I'm just trying to mind my own business. I'm off the clock. I'm in Colorado. I'm not like in Mississippi. And so we sit down, and this old girl, this lady, she, we find out she's married. Her husband's on the ski uh, lift or ski slopes, and she's kind of taking a break. And she has these little things in her ears to keep her from, like, feeling real anxious. And it, it kind of dulls some of the sound. And I heard this later. And so she turns to me. My son is eating. She turns to me and says, I struggle with anxiety and depression. And I'm thinking, so? <laughs> because, I mean, like, she's not one of y'all. I mean, like, if you're one of my people, I would say, you know, well, can I pray with you? But, you know, we're in the, we're in the dope tent. I mean, like, I'm saying, like, you, you get out of here, you probably won't struggle as much. I mean, man, I, everybody in here is struggling. I mean, this is a target-rich environment. I mean, everybody in here needs to get saved. And, and, so, and so I keep talking to her and listening to her, and I'm, then my son's over eating chili going, because he's not an evangelist. He didn't care about that. And so, so I'm over there talking to her. And finally, she gets to this one place where she says, you know, I'm only a speck of dust in the universe. I said, hold it right there. I said, I've been trying not to say much. But God loves you so much, he sent a preacher from Mississippi to a dope tent to tell you about him. <laughs> it's a true story. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. I, I said, he loves you. He's got a plan for your life. I struggle with anxiety and depression. I talk about anxiety and depression all the time. Here's our website. You can go and, and kind of listen to some of the messages. You can email me. I'll talk to you. She lives in New York State. I hope she's listening. We love you, okay? And so we keep talking, and I keep telling her about Jesus. Like, like Jesus can help you. Je Jesus can save you. Jesus can do some things in your life that you can't do on your own. She's writing down our website, and, and I'm like, I'm so excited. And then she starts crying. And she said, I don't know, I don't know why I'm crying. And I'm thinking, I do, it's the Holy Spirit. God's opening up your heart to something you've never heard before. And, and she says, she said, can, can I hug you? And I'm thinking, no, my wife's not here. So I hugged her and kind of patted her, and, and I thought she was going to follow. So we took off, you know, going fast, we good. But here's the thing I learned, every day is Easter. He is risen. He paid the penalty for all of your sins. When you confess your sins to him, when you repent of your sins and you turn to him, Jesus says, you can be saved. Will you sin? Yes. Will he forgive you? If you repent and you turn to him, you can follow him and he'll give you strength. And Listen, you don't have to be perfect. He just gives you hope. That's the reason I love the McCarver's testimony of, of how their, their marriage. How, how many of us could say, after COVID, my marriage struggled? After COVID, I got into some bad habits. After COVID, my business was a wreck. After COVID, fill in the blank. But they were willing to reach out. They, they were willing to ask for help. 
Listen, I, I was praying about this weekend about, about how to, when, when you've preached Easter service for 27 times in a row, you begin to wonder what different part of Easter do you want me to talk about? It's like Christmas. Have you ever thought about a preacher having to preach Christmas every year? He was born. What you going, okay, he was born. It's like the Grand Canyon. Okay, okay, okay. Same with Easter. And I said, God, what do you want me to say to your people about this amazing weekend that the whole world is focused on you. And I felt impressed. He didn't say anything. I'm not saying I got an audible message. But, but I felt like he was saying to me, the reason more people, they'll come to church occasionally, but they won't place their trust in me because they feel abandoned by me. And I cry out. And he doesn't listen. And I thought, really? What, what does that mean? You know, like, well, you know, they, they do something really bad, and well, then God, well, God's done with you. You're, you're, you're done. Or the church, you know, church hurt. I mean, listen, can we just be honest? Sometimes the worst place you can go to if you're a person that is struggling is to church. Because they want you to kind of measure up to this law, to this legalism and say, hey, you know, if you'll get up here, if you'll be perfect, then we'll take you. I had one guy, and I could tell you so many stories of church hurt and the reason so many of you don't go to church because you had this kind of experience where, where you came to church. This guy came to church. He, he needed God desperately, and, and he started to get his, you know, trust Christ and begin to grow. And on the way out, the preacher stopped him and shook his hand and said, you know, you need to have that beard cut before next week. See, I wish I'd have been there because I got some trash talking I could do. Jesus wore beard and sandals, has some long hair. Uh-oh, you're in trouble now. Because when you start putting stuff other than the scripture on somebody, you're in trouble. When you say it's Jesus plus this and Jesus plus the King James Bible, email me and I'll share some things about the King James Bible that you don't know that will blow your mind. It'll make your eyes peel back. The reality is it is Jesus alone that can save you. But if you feel like he's abandoned you, I've got a word for you. Because I have never in my life seen this. And, and listen, I, the reason babies are crying out because you have cried out and you have wondered. And Jesus cried out. See, this is what you forget. Jesus was 100% God, okay? Stay with me. But he was 100% human. And something happened on the cross where we get to see his humanity. Because in Mark chapter 15, he doesn't cry out, my hands are hurting, my feet are hurting, my side, my head. In Mark chapter 15, verse 33 at noon, darkness came over the whole earth, the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. And, and this loud voice is in Aramaic. Now, now and the Bible is translated in Greek. Okay, you, you probably know that. Like, like the King James is a translation of the Greek translation. Jesus didn't speak King James. Oh, I'm just making sure we, 
we're good. So, and, and he shrieks. And I think the reason they wrote it in Aramaic, because you don't forget a shriek like this. And he shrieks at, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Which means in Aramaic, El means God. Eloi means mine. It's a personal pronoun, mine. My, my covenant God, my covenant God, my heart, my life, my father, my soul. Why have you forsaken me? You're going, what does that mean? It means that Jesus Christ was forsaken so that you wouldn't have to be. That in that moment when darkness spread over the whole world, do you know why darkness spread over the whole world? Because it's, when you're separated from God, there is darkness. There is separation. There is terror. And so if you're living in darkness and separation and terror, man, man, I've got good news for you that Jesus Christ wants to come to your life. He wants to do some things in your life you can't do. He wants to open your eyes about your marriage, about your life, about your health, about the things in your life that you've not even seen before. And Jesus for you was willing to be abandoned so that you would never have to be abandoned. Listen to him. When you understand that, that, that Jesus and his father, that the father is the only person you've ever needed and that Jesus was abandoned by his father so you would never be abandoned by the only father you would ever need. That's what I was trying to get to. And I say this to a lot of people. So well, I like my daddy. Well, I'm good. I mean, but your daddy at some point could die on you. Some, some of your dads you're not that close to. It's okay. Listen, Jesus was abandoned by his father so that the only father you would ever need could not abandon you. Like, like if you come to Christ and you give your life to Jesus and you repent of your sins and you trust in him to save you, no sins will ever be held accountable to you again. Because Jesus paid the penalty for your sins, past, present, and future. You say, but right now I'm struggling. Yeah, we live in a broken world. Uh, we broke it. I, I mean, many of you on the way to church, you broke all kind of laws. I mean, I, can, I just, can I confess one sin? I ran a stoplight. But I was doing it for Jesus. I mean, like I was trying to get here. Like I knew I had to get ready. I knew I had to pray. You know, and so I read. But some of you, you, you broke the speed limit. Some of you on the way to church, your kids were acting up because they were so amped up on sugar and you were doing that one-eyed snake trying to grab their leg and try to pull their leg off. Then you come to church and praise God. <laughs> you know you sent him, bro. Yeah. But the reality is we all need Jesus. But Jesus was truly abandoned by God so that you could only be apparently abandoned by God. Now, did, you, did you get that? Jesus was truly abandoned by God. God turned his back on him. So when you feel abandoned, it's only apparently that he's abandoned you. I'll give you, for instance, on Saturday night, I did a time hop three years ago. And I was here on Saturday night right after COVID. Don't you remember everything was shut down and nobody wanted to be around anybody. And so I was up in the church on a Saturday night and uh, I was talking and, and saying, hey, man, this doesn't feel right, blah, blah, blah. And, and it dawned on me like on that Saturday night three years ago, man, I was so discouraged and I felt so let down. 
Uh, apparently, God has let me down. And then here we are three years later with more people than we've ever had come on an Easter to my memory. The, the disciples, the disciples on Saturday night, okay, Friday, you remember like, you know, he's going to the cross and they all run and, and, and you, you, you're talking about being abandoned. All of his friends, you, maybe you got friends like that. One of them sold him out for 30 pieces of silver, okay, the, 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 the cost of a slave. The others ran from him. And, and, and here he is on the cross, and, and he's standing in for them regardless of what they've done with regard to their relationship with him. They've abandoned him, but he never abandoned them. I mean, maybe you're here, and, and, and your mom, I hear all these stories all the time. My mom abandoned me. I mean, my, my mom. Do, do you know what God says? He says, can a mother forget her nursing child? Will a mother abandon the child she has born? And God says, she might, but I won't. God says, I won't. Your mama might abandon you. He says, I won't. How about your daddy? He said, well, my daddy, when I was little, you know, if God really loved me, you know, he would understand that my daddy left. And, and this is what he says in Ezekiel. Then I passed by and I saw you kick him out in your blood as you lay there. And I said to you, Live. You're mine. <laughs> You're mine. God the Father is the only father and mother that you've ever needed. He's the father and mother you've been looking for your whole life. Repent of your sins and turn to Jesus. I, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I, I repent of my sins. I'm going to turn to the only one who was abandoned for me because if I have him in my life, God can't abandon me. He's already abandoned his son. God, God can't hold my sins against me because he put all of my sins, past, present, and future, on Jesus. I can't earn my way to heaven. I can only fall in love with my Savior and live and serve him for the rest of my life because of what he has done for me. And that's my challenge to you this Easter weekend that you think about your life. We've already had dozens of people. I mean, people online that are getting saved. They're saying, I want to turn from my sins. The, the life I'm living is not the life that pleases God. I need a Savior. Like the young girl in, in Steve Boat Springs. She, she, I need a savior. I, I need someone to walk with me. Am I going to be anxious? You may be anxious, but you got Jesus with you. Well, am I going to have problems in my marriage? You may have problems in your marriage, but you got Jesus with you. Well, am I still going to be tempted to drink and, and have addictions? You might be tempted, but you got Jesus with you. That when you place your faith in Jesus alone to save you, you get a new identity. You become a son or daughter of the living God. And I've based my life on that. I'll fight you tooth and nail over it. Because the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life has been Jesus. Of all the places I've gone, the things I've seen, the people I've been with, the greatest thing, the greatest gift, the greatest person that exists on the world on the world stage 
is my friend and my Savior, and he can be yours. Would you bow your heads for just a moment and, and let me talk to you, and I want you to pray. And some of you are like, man, that's just too simple. That's just too easy. Well, listen, friends, it wasn't simple and easy 2,000 years ago when they beat our Savior almost to death, and then they nailed him to a cross. That wasn't easy. But see, he did something for you that you couldn't do on your own. See, you can't go, go to church enough to earn your way to heaven. You, you can't keep enough laws and rules to make it to heaven on your own. I mean, friends, it was the Pharisees that memorized the first five books of the Bible that had Jesus killed because he was messing up their pride. They'd become prideful in their knowledge of the Bible and how much they studied and how many laws they kept. And Jesus came to obliterate religion and legalism to give you the only gift that you would ever need. The only father that you've really ever needed in your life, the only mother who would never leave you, the only friend that sticks closer than a brother that would pick you up and never let you down, repent of your sins and place your faith in Jesus Christ. Oh no, Father, Father, thank you. I, that's all I can say at the end of this weekend. I pray that that's the last words on my lips before I meet you. Thank you. Thank you for finding me, revealing yourself to me, and saving me. Because that is all that's mattered in my life. It's all that matters. In the end, no matter what the score is, we win. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.